Welcome to Regeneration Studio. I'm Katrina, and this is another narrative journey of business creatives who dare to live outside the box and transform their communities. Buddha said it, we know it, and yet often there are goals we want to achieve, whether it has to do with our health, our relationships, our careers, but our attitudes and mindsets are not in the right place. What you think, you become. These are the words of Buddha, and he was right. If you think that you're going to fail before you even start working towards your goal, you're probably going to fail. It's also a key teaching in the practice of yoga, which has become a symbol for modern day well-being. Why? Because it teaches you to take time in order to center your thoughts, focus on your body and relax into poses that stretch, tone and improve flexibility. But how does the practice of yoga actually help improve our resilience and our emotional stability? Joining me in studio today is Michael Weeks, who unexpectedly got pulled into the practice of yoga while living in America, something that would change his life forever. However, he first chose to become a primary school teacher, giving yoga classes on the side. Yoga was his real passion though, and he had a vision to introduce the benefits of the practice to children in the Northeast. It was an unorthodox career path, but he handed in his notice and created the Yoga Mike Group. Yet during the pandemic, yoga provision in schools got put on the back burner. How did Mike keep his business afloat? Before we join him to find out, a quick reminder that if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone who might enjoy it too. You can also follow us on social media at regeneration.studio and check out our YouTube channel for tips on living outside of the box yourself. Last but not least, we have an exclusive Regeneration Studio app, which you can find in the Google Play Store. It puts all of our content, including our YouTube videos, in one place for easy access. Okay, here goes. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hello. That was a nice introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's the first time someone told me it's a nice introduction. <laughs> I like that. Like, <laughs> okay, so now time for you to introduce yourself. To give our listeners an idea of who you are, imagine there's a film soon to be released called Yoga Mike. Can you briefly introduce yourself yeah. in the style of a film trailer? Of course, yeah. I'm going to be a bit cliche and start with, in a world where one man, Michael Weeks, is here to find his journey. He's bombarded with, I don't know why I've gone American, <laughs> he's bombarded with lots of social norms about what it is to have a career but he's going to choose the unorthodox path. <laughs> That's it. That's all I've got. Okay, love it. The American accent as <laughs> I well. I don't know why I went American. I'm sorry about that. Scene one. India. In one of your blogs, and I really enjoyed reading this, about smart goals, you say that they aren't actually that smart. You tell the story about how you... You kind of fell into table tennis and through consistent training, because you obviously spent time with your friend and it was fun, you ended up participating in the national championships and came fourth, if I remember correctly. So tell us a little bit more about the younger Mike. What motivated you? What did you envision for your life? And what did you then go on to study? Sure, yeah. I'm going back quite a while now, thinking back to the table tennis days. That was that was so long ago. But I mean, at the time, I think I didn't really know what path I wanted to take. I mean, I was always interested in sport and physical activity and purely just because 
that's what made me happy, I guess. And I like the social element of that. I think now I look back on it, it was the social element that really kept me going with certain activities like the table tennis, for example. If I hadn't created a really good kind of social environment, I probably wouldn't have kept that up as I go. So I remember at the time I was I was finishing school and I had to, I say I had to, in inverted commas, get get some decent grades so I could go off to, to college. And at the time I was... I was kind of riding fairly average grades, if you like, but I was I was concerned that I was going to kind of dip below the grades I needed uh, for college because, if I'm honest, year nine and ten, I kind of mucked around a lot at school and I wasn't the model pupil, if you like. What so was your favourite subject? There was a subject at school called English media, and oh, it was okay. it was like we had to learn about how advertising works, the psychology of advertising. Mm-hmm. I remember we put together like a comic book, which was really cool. We mm-hmm. had to analyze films, which I absolutely love. And I still do now when I'm watching a film and I must be really irritating because I tell people, oh, the reason the lighting's there is because of this. And that that was one of my favorite subjects because I remember one night I spent, I spent up really late and I remember my dad coming up and he said, are you not going to bed yet? And I said, I'm working on this. I had to do an, anal- an analysis of uh, the Shawshank Redemption at the time, which I just got into so much and I didn't realise mm. all the background techniques that, that a filmmaker would use. So yeah. that that really inspired me and I got into that and I guess that was my favourite subject and because I enjoyed it so much, I, I ended up coming out with an A-star, which I was really proud of, mm-hmm. and I got like an award in the school and stuff, which was cool. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed PE and mm-hmm. the table tennis was like, it was a really good environment there. So yeah. And uh, then what did you go on to study when you... You left school. Um, so I actually went to I went to Middlesbrough College, mm-hmm. Martin Campus, which is now a housing estate. So I guess that's showing my age a little bit now that it's it's been completely I have absolutely bulldozed. no idea because I don't. I've only been here for like five months. Uh, like... Yeah, I mean it's it's just a you know where James Cook Hospital is. Oh yes. Next to James Cook, there's a big housing estate that okay. used to be a college. All right. Once upon a time. Yeah. So I went there to study. It was called sports therapy. So it was like a. Mm-hmm physiotherapy type path with that sport element to it so it'd be working with with footballers and, and other professional athletes and if, if I'm honest it wasn't it wasn't my dream to become a physiotherapist or anything I just yeah. knew I liked helping people and I liked sport mm-hmm. and the two kind of came together nicely and and my, my dad kind of nudged me in that direction and said well you know the pay is not bad as well and it's yes. it, it all seemed to work I'm not going to say you know I had this dream to become a physio it wasn't that but I just kind of got into it that way and studied there for for almost two years and then I made what I would consider a mistake towards the end of that two years which I can tell you about if you like (laughs) go ahead go ahead so we are still getting to India right Yes, yes. yes, Before India. Yes, this is this is pre this is very pre India. This is um yeah, this was when I was seventeen. Yeah, I was I was coming towards towards the end of my second year to finish my course and get my diploma and everything Mm -hmm. like that. Um and I was really interested in business and entrepreneurship. I don't know what it was because I don't I can't put my finger on someone inspired me or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just had this I like to create my own stuff. I like to see yeah. something grow from nothing, mm-hmm. but I knew nothing about the technical side of business. I didn't know how it worked or mm-hmm. anything like that. So I started looking for 
um, like apprenticeships, like business apprenticeships. And there was about a month or two left, and I can't believe I'm I'm admitting this, but I was getting towards the end, and I decided to leave college with like two months left to go to go and do a business apprenticeship. Now I look back, mature older Mike is now saying to younger Mike, "Why did you do that? Just I should have stuck it out. I don't know yeah. why I was just so impulsive, but it set me on a a long trajectory towards entrepreneurship, if you like." Yes to eventually get to where I wanted to be. So Yes, because who knows, maybe if you finish that and you just went on to being a physiotherapist or something like that, I, you never know why you do these yeah, things. Yeah, this is it. And, and, yeah. and everything happens for a reason. And I've got no no regrets over it because, you know, it happened. I did it. And, yeah. I, you know, I made a decision and I stuck by it. And I yeah. think you've got to do that. You've got to own that decision, really. So. Now, I am wondering if your impulsive side had anything to do with you going to India at some point where you did do your yoga training yeah I'd say so I mean this is quite a radical thing you don't just go to India do yoga training (laughs) no (laughs) Uh, yeah it's it's not the it's not the average everyday thing for people to do I mean basically uh, the the year before I went to India I'd gone to America to do like a Camp America project all right and I was classed as I had the this honorary title of uh, fitness director which sounded really cool and it kind of was cool because it meant I got a really nice like apartment block to stay in and you got a few perks with it and things like that and also I got to coordinate and run the fitness provision for the whole camp which was really cool there was about I think it was about 500 or 600 children Mm -hmm. there and and that was my role to to ensure that the children at the camp were getting some really good fitness based provision okay that sounds interesting yeah the reason yoga came about there was because my background was in, you know, boot camps, spinning, boxercise. That was my background, like really hardcore fitness yeah. instructing. So at this point, you were like a fitness instructor. My background from after college and things like that, I sort of started drifting into different sport and leisure related jobs, and that included personal training. Okay. Uh, I was a, a gym instructor for a while. I just, I really liked working in the industry mm-hmm. and I was working at a sports centre for a while just, just to be in that environment and I set up my own classes at that place yeah. and that, that gave me a real a real buzz from doing that. So just to take it a step back and we'll, we'll get back to India, but did you complete the apprenticeship that you stopped your course for? Uh, did it actually have a impact on your life or did you do it and then just went on to kind of like fitness roles um so it's more complicated yeah. than i thought <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot happened in the in this in the interim yeah i yeah. i completed my apprenticeship and i did learn quite a bit about how businesses work which was my intention mm-hmm. i was in a bit of limbo at the time so i didn't really know where and what i wanted to do a lot of my family are quite traditional and the the very far kind of getting a nice safe secure job mm-hmm. working it and, and there's something to be said for that as well certainly but I think I always had this entrepreneur flair to set something up and create something from nothing but I think because I was younger I didn't have the confidence to stand up and say this is this is what I'm going to do mm-hmm. so I kind of I'll kind of say I, I settled really and I, I kind of took I took a random job working in in a bank of all places. Like I did that for a Gosh. for a short while, just to kind of get my head around what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But that that pull of working in the sports and and leisure industry was 
always pulling. So that's when yeah. I kind of, I was only at the bank for about a year and then I went back to that industry, started doing more fitness related things, personal I mean, training. Those two industries are just like completely different. They are, the, the, the poles apart really, they, yeah. were, they were totally different. So, so I got back into that. Okay. Yeah. So then you ended up in America with the nice title of fitness director at what and that's where you started yoga is that right so yes okay a lot of my provision was was what my background was which was I was running boot camps and things like that with the children yes. which I was I was loving I was really enjoying working with children at the time but I had no background in yoga mm-hmm. if I'm honest I had no interest in yoga at the time which is surprising to say out loud but with my background I didn't really rate yoga as as this great kind of holistic mm-hmm. approach. I just saw it as it's just a few stretches that people do, you yeah. know, and that's, that's just because I had a lack of knowledge of it, I guess. So anyway, so I got a yoga instructor to come in and run sessions because I wanted to make sure the children had a, a balanced provision, if you like. Okay. That instructor came in and he started showing me a few postures and things. And, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, I, I kind of half listened to him and I was like, yeah, that's great. And he started giving me some exercises to do on a night because I was really quite quite stiff and I couldn't move yes. my joints properly and right. um, I secretly started doing little yoga videos on a night I found on YouTube I remember I had my little laptop up in my in yeah. my little apartment block and and I didn't know what Ashtanga was it was just I typed yoga into YouTube yeah. and I happened to find this Ashtanga sequence and I was like oh it's the same like people it's the same routine from start mm-hmm. to finish and I was like oh I like that mm-hmm. I kind of knew what it was all about and I knew what to expect with the pauses yeah. and that passion started growing while I was in America mm-hmm. albeit I was a bit resistant to it at first because that wasn't my background and I, I kind of yeah. rejected it at first and as time went on I thought oh wow it's like it's helping me feel really good I'm like my sport my my fitness is is going up in other ways I'd kind of like hit a plateau with my fitness and I thought wow, like, I feel amazing. Like, mm-hmm. is this yoga? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so. kind of strange because I've had the feedback from quite a few people. Like, generally, I'm very interested in all kinds of fitness things. And I've tried several types just because, well, I've, I'm from a martial arts background. And then a lot of people just simply said, like, it's the slowness of yoga that that's why they couldn't get into it. But mm-hmm. whereas I'm not, like, by any means a brilliant yogi and I don't actually do it like as a conscious oh I'm, I'm gonna do yoga now I do a lot of stretching and I've really really extended that to focus on both like mobility and flexibility mm-hmm. and it is really like if you just take the time to do it and that's basically what I discovered it makes such a big difference and this is maybe what you found as well yeah, yeah. I, I totally did okay. and I'd, by the end of Camp America I'd kind of come to terms and accepted the fact that I loved yoga and I wanted to explore mm-hmm. it more when I mm-hmm. came back. And I have no idea what Camp America is. Is this like a limited time that you spend in America doing something? Yeah, okay. so Camp America, it's like a holiday camp for children who live in America. So they go to this oh. camp for nearly two months. Okay. And it's a program ran so that people from the UK and other countries can go mm-hmm. and get experience okay. of teaching. So whether yeah. it's just working with the children in other capacities or like mine was more uh, specified role if mm-hmm. you like I see. Um, so so then so then I got back and that's when I started looking for yoga classes and specifically I really liked ashtanga mm-hmm. even though I'd stumbled upon it by accident 
Ashtanga was what I was really enjoying and I found Ashtanga classes locally and, and started going to them. Mm-hmm. I only did it for about a year before um, deciding to go to India, which was the next big step. Yes. So what motivated you? Um, like, why did you... How did it come about? So, basically, uh, I was looking at different yoga courses I mean, by this point, I'd I'd been doing yoga nearly a year, mm-hmm. and I'd really I was really getting into it, and I had that teaching background of teaching other yeah. fitness based classes, and I think what was really motivating me was I got into yoga as in inverted commas a a, a normal person, like mm-hmm. I had no interest in yoga before. I stumbled upon it, and then I found these huge benefits. And actually, what I wanted to do was share that with other people. I wanted to find other I don't like using the word normal, but I can't think of another word to use. <laughs> other normal other, people. <laughs> other ev- everyday people who might not appreciate the benefits yeah. of yoga and teach them about it and share it with them so that they might also end up taking it up and, and going yeah. on their own journey. So, so I had this real passion to... I already had the confidence to teach. I just needed the knowledge to then mm-hmm. be able to, to deliver yoga, if you like. And I had a nice bit of time over the summer because I was at university at the time studying sports development okay I've, I've had so many different career yes, paths I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry i'm like we're wait, all over what, the place can here you maybe, can you maybe tell me what year are we because i remember distinctly at some point I, I can't put a year to it but there was this boom you saw yoga everywhere and it suddenly it was this thing that everybody tried and people could become instructors so what year are we talking about so this was around 2015 when i was um i was at university mm-hmm. And this is when I was studying sports development. My aim was to get the degree so I could then get into teaching in schools, whether that was going to be in a, you know, a PE teaching in a secondary school or whether it was going to be primary school. Mm-hmm. I hadn't quite made my mind up at that yeah. point. So that was 2015. I'd made that decision to go, go to India and then go and do my teacher training there. And okay. I chose India for a few reasons, really. I wanted authentic experience if you like I wanted to see what what it was like out there and I knew that it was part of the culture there and I wanted to I wanted to really feel and experience that so that's when I kind of set out and went out there okay and then so you got to India you you started your training now if you could just maybe briefly give us an idea of how did the lifestyle there because I mean it's such a different country and the culture is so different from what we have here in the UK how did that lifestyle impact your viewpoint or your outlook on life? The main thing that I felt when I was out there was that people were content out there just living a, a natural life. It was strange, really, because when you go into the... I was in Mysore in India, and that's kind of where Ashtanga was first born, really, if you like. And when you go into the city, it is hustle and bustle. But once you get out of the city, people are just... It's just lovely just seeing people just living their lives. Yeah. Just th- people are just happy. There's mm. and I know that's really weird to say. Like I'm saying it as if no one's happy in, in, in this country, but <laughs> people are just happy, just there was all these beautiful marketplaces by the side and people would have time for you as well. So you'd you know, you'd go and buy some I'd go to this lady on a morning and buy these bananas for eight pence in our money or something like that. Yeah. And she'd just kinda of sit there just chatting to me for ten, fifteen minutes yeah. without a care in the world and um, just because she wanted to, you know, yeah. and, and people had this time. And I mm-hmm. think because 
you can feel that energy when you can feel the energy of people they're not in a rush to to be somewhere or be onto the next thing or yeah. do this or do that you kind of you you get into that mindset yourself and then you start slowing down and then you don't realize how fast you were going in the western world until you you get out there really yeah so, so i think that was the biggest thing for me was that i could just slow down and without sounding a bit cliche but just be just just yeah. be without any any care really so that was that was the biggest thing i think yes well that's amazing because i mean there are studies that show that in the countries the less developed countries generally people are more content because yeah. they they don't have that rat race to run the whole time and just get better and better and get more and more and always feeling that they're not enough because what they know is just their community and what they do it's just that sharing of experiences yeah so you did eventually return to the northeast you didn't decide to stay in there <laughs> and you were by then a Mysore trained yoga instructor eager of course to share your knowledge with the people across the region you also started your primary school teacher training at this time so firstly can you perhaps just tell us what is ashtanga how is it different from another type of yoga and then secondly why did you also decide to start the teacher training yeah so ashtanga was really appealing to me i think for two reasons really i mean one ashtanga is quite intense as it can be quite a warm quite fairly fast paced practice and i really i really took to that quite quickly because i think when i was first developing my my love of yoga if you like i almost used it as a a borderline excuse well it was giving me a workout as well at the time and and that's over time i kind of learned that there was more to yoga than just the workout the fitness <laughs> side of it if you like and the other reason was because it's ashtanga so structured in the sense that you kind of know what you're getting with it. There's a set series and you can play about with it a little bit, but you can kind of get to your mat and you can just get on with the practice and you don't need to overthink what you're doing. And yeah. I think because you're doing similar poses, you can really see a difference over time because you'll go into a pose that you've been doing the last few days and you think, oh, I can get further into that. Mm-hmm. It's a really noticeable thing. So I think that's why Ashtanga appealed to me over yeah. over other other things if you like okay and then why the teacher training yeah did you feel like it was just not going to be enough or did you have something else in mind I think since I went to Camp America I kind of realized how much I'd enjoyed working with with children Mm -hmm. and that was partly my goal anyway prior to that because whilst I was at university I was I was working for a local charity as well which worked with uh, autistic children this go- I guess it stems right back to like I really enjoyed helping other people mm-hmm. and working with children was great because I was going to say I could really be myself around them I guess I'm quite childish <laughs> myself but the energy you get from children is just incredible it picks you up as well mm-hmm. and whilst it can be challenging at times I loved it so for me it was I think still in the back of my mind there was that safety element of a career and you know a teaching yeah. career is a safe job you know Mm -hmm. it's I had to get my degree hence why I'd gone to university and my aim was I'll get into teaching I can do that I'll enjoy that it'll be nice and safe and yoga was going to be a a side project if you like in the back of my mind I was always going to bring yoga into the school Mm -hmm. in whatever way I could 
albeit it was challenging because you've got the rest of the curriculum to deal oh, with. But yes. but I wanted to kind of embed yoga and mindfulness into school and start teaching mm-hmm. children because I think if we learn it from a young age, it can be so impactful as we yeah. get through life. So that was that was the aim there. Yeah. So I think it's it's quite incredible because maybe I don't know if you realised it at the time, but what you experienced in India, that kind of slower pace, if you were able to teach that to the children that you were teaching, as you mentioned, mindfulness and just centering yourself and knowing what's going on in your mind, body and soul, then it would be easier for them to actually be happier or content in a, in a indirect way, if you like. Yeah. Scene two, a crazier. Why do we struggle to keep our goals? Now, of course, you did hit a major crossroad at this point. So in between being a primary school teacher and also teaching yoga on the side. But before we get into that crossroad and the tough decision that you had to make, a little bit about the word a crazier. So basically it's a great term referring to the weakness of will. And we often act against our better judgment. Now, generally in in everyday life, this would be basically reaching for another celebration chocolate when we already had four or five or six or seven. Pouring ourselves another drink when we know we shouldn't. Skipping an opportunity to do something active and beneficial instead of doing something that we would perhaps consider nice, like sitting in front of the TV, watching our favorite series. And while weakness of will is obviously it's very human, we, we all have those moments, the more we give in to something that is not us or that we don't want to be, the more we are simply going to do it and just make excuses. So we basically stand in the way of our own personal and professional goals because giving in is easier than resisting. Now, during this early stage of your career, you're, uh, you're teaching in a primary school, you're doing the yoga instruction on the side. Describe a moment of professional acrasia. What did you do as a result? So there'd, there'd definitely been moments of that, I guess. I mean, I got into my my teaching career and I was in a really nice school as well. It was a mm-hmm. nice village school. Um, Where exactly? So well, this was, this was, um, it was, it was in Byers Green, which is a little village just outside of Durham. Um, okay. Really nice staff as well, which mm-hmm. was great. And, and actually, to be fair, there was a really nice ethos there of, not just caring for the children, but caring for the staff as well. Because mm-hmm. I know any teachers out there listening will, will know that teaching is <laughs> is is damn stressful, really, especially yes. at the moment when trying to oh. teach online and all this new stuff. So, yeah. but there was a real nice ethos of of kind of looking after the staff, and the head teacher would mm-hmm. come and kick you out at five o'clock if you were still working, and you know oh, wow. you had you had that. Yeah, this great. <laughs> I taught as well, and it was kind of the opposite. It was just like. Uh, you have to get everything you need to get done done it doesn't matter how long you yeah. work or the hours you put in <laughs> yeah I mean don't get me wrong there was some there was some late nights from time to time yeah. but um the head teacher would always try and help limit that as best as possible mm-hmm. so now I've now I've named the school there'll probably be applications going through the roof <laughs> at that school now but it's a good school anyway so I can't say that the the role itself was mm-hmm. really negative or anything that pushed okay. me out but Going back to the the crazy that you mentioned, I was really enjoying teaching yoga and mindfulness in, in school and I was embedding it into all my PE lessons. Mm-hmm. 
teachers have this thing called PPA, like planning time, mm-hmm. and the planning time happened to fall on PE. I don't know why schools do that. I think it's because there's a lot of research that suggests that primary school teachers are really not confident delivering PE. Therefore, yeah. planning time tends to go towards that so yeah. that they could get coaches in and externals and mm-hmm. stuff. But I really wanted to teach PE because that was my background. So I swapped that around so that I could still teach PE. And then I started teaching yoga. And I remember in school, I, I wrote a little story, like a yoga story. Mm-hmm. And I taught that to the children. I was um, It was year three, so of eight seven eight year old and the children absolutely loved it like okay i mean they were a great group anyway for behavior but they just were just absorbed by this story and they were following along doing the actions as i was teaching it and and i was like i could just do this every day like this would be the dream but the problem was i was in a safe job i was getting a decent wage i knew i wanted to do something that wasn't what i was currently doing but it was easier to stay Mm-hmm. It was easier to not take this massive leap and leave this yeah. career. So I stuck it out for a bit longer and a bit longer. And yeah. I mean, I wasn't there f- forever, but I was there for, for two years when really in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to do something else. I wanted to marry the two together to mm-hmm. merge yoga, mindfulness and 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 working with children. And yeah. that's where, yeah, I kind of... I kept battling with that in my mind. Mm-hmm. In my head, I was, you know, on one hand, I was like, well, I can just keep doing this primary school teaching. I enjoy working with children. It was good enough, but I knew I could be doing more. Mm-hmm. So that's when I finally, finally decided to pluck up the courage and hand my notice in. And I mean, it does take a lot of courage, doesn't it? It was intense because, again, like, you know, I'm really close to my, with my family yeah. and they always want the best for me. They were really happy when I got this teaching job, really proud of me. And and I think in their mind, that was it. I was set up, you know, I, I could have progressed in the education sector, certainly. So when I told them, I said, I'm, I'm thinking of setting like yoga up in, in schools. And they were like, what? But you're a teacher, you know, you, you've got this job, it's great. And at this point, I'd said, I'd already made my mind up in my head. I was just telling them really out of courtesy. And, yeah. But I, I obviously cared what they thought. But obviously they were worried, they had concerns, you know. They said, well, is anyone else doing this? And I said, well, not many people. Yeah. I said, that's why I want to do it. I want to do something different, you know. Yeah. So I went to the head, explained everything, and he shook my hand and said, you're doing the best thing. I don't know if he wanted me out, maybe. No, <laughs> I don't know. no but he saw that, you know, I was going to make this difference in schools, and he said, we need more of that in schools. We need more well-being, we need more yoga and we need to teach children these skills that they're so lacking yeah. as they go through the school life he said you know you're going to make a difference and you know do it and off I went to yeah. do it <laughs> so. I mean just from the point of view of having been an MFO teacher I mean our subject was not exactly considered very important so you are kind of lucky that you had that support for something like yoga which is mm-hmm. I mean a lot of people would just like say why do that that's just going to be a waste of time so obviously you made this decision and starting something from scratch, starting your own business, it, you'd never know what's going to happen. It is. It takes so much courage to just take that step and get started. So you had this vision to teach children yoga. What exactly was your business premise? And then you did mention not a lot of other people were doing this, but maybe you can elaborate mm-hmm. on this exact idea of teaching 
yoga to children. Yeah. Were there anybody else maybe in the UK, in the world, in the northeast? Yeah, so there's there's certainly organizations out there which mm-hmm. which are teaching yoga in schools and, and mindfulness in schools, mm-hmm. which is great. Um but it's a fairly it's a fairly niche profession yeah. to say the least. After I'd handed my notice in and I, I do think things happen for a reason. I got speaking with a school sports partnership. They've like got a network of schools that they're going to and deliver, you know, really high quality PE, basically. Okay. And I'd got in touch with them just, just on a whim, really, just to explain what I was doing, tell mm-hmm. them how crazy I was for leaving this teaching job mm-hmm. and see what they thought. And we were back and forth for a while. And eventually I got a meeting with the owner of the company and I kind of explained what my vision was and how I wanted to to get yoga, to get mindfulness in schools. And really, the key was to get schools on board because, you know, there's a lot of teachers in a school and some of them might not even know what yoga is. So you've mm-hmm. got to get them on board. Otherwise, you'll come in and deliver, you'll leave, and then that'll be it. It was just this nice treat mm-hmm. that Yoga Mike came in to do. Um, Can I just quickly tell you a joke? Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. This is brilliant because I just remembered that we did these workshops. Now, I worked in a, a Catholic school and somebody said, well, why don't we do a yoga workshop? And we couldn't. Reason being? Religious reasons. Religious re- reasons, yes. yeah. yeah. I've so come sorry. across that. Yeah. I just uh, remembered this and we were laughing because it was like yoga is actually a really good practice, but now yeah. for that. But anyway, continue. Yeah. No, no, I've, I've, I've definitely experienced that yeah. before and mm-hmm. and I've, I've managed to get in some, okay. some Catholic schools as well, actually. And just by... I guess educating and mm-hmm. teaching them it's it doesn't have to be religious yes. if you like. So yeah. I, I spoke to the, the school sports partnership and eventually got a meeting with them, explained my vision, which was I wanted to to not only go and teach yoga in schools, I wanted to inspire the school so that it became mm-hmm. a real thing. You know, it wasn't just tagged on to PSHE subject in primary schools, it wasn't just tagged on as a a treat it was like it was it's part of everything you know you mm-hmm. put concentration and focus is really important for other lessons and I think because of my teaching background I kind of realized well this could really help children's holistic approach to education and the rest of their life as well yeah. so that was my goal I pitched that to this partnership and and actually from there they put it out to all their network of schools and I remember a a phoning me up and she said you know you're going to be really busy we've put it out to our schools and, and 32 schools have got back to us and oh. said they want yoga now <laughs> and I was like oh like now she's like yeah now like we'll, we'll timetable it all in and you're going to be very busy and and evidently so I was yeah. so that kind of gave me my big break if you like yeah. it gave me it gave me an element of security as well yeah. because that was always a panic. I thought, mm-hmm. God, like if a school doesn't, if schools don't take me on, then I'm just going to be floating around and, you know, I'm going to be constantly looking for stuff. But the fact that 30 odd schools got back to me, I thought I'm onto something here. Like yeah. clearly schools want it. It's been offered to them and they've, they've snapped the hand off straight mm-hmm. away. So I started doing that, doing that contract work for them and then started exploring other schools I started doing workshops and things and I actually did um, a teacher training event uh, which was all about embedding yoga and mindfulness into the curriculum. So I used my teaching knowledge of the curriculum and showed them where we could start putting this in because I think it's one thing to teach people the benefits but they want 
teachers want to know, well, how can we do this practically? I know teachers are super busy, so mm-hmm. how can we make it real so that they can actually start putting it into yeah. the classroom, you know, doing mindfulness breaks, embedding it into PE, that kind of thing. Yeah. That was really popular, and then from there, more schools started taking it on until the point where I had to start getting my business hat on and thinking, <laughs> I can't yeah. do this all on my own. And then I, I started looking at taking staff on, which mm-hmm. which I've since done, which, okay. is, which is great. Well. That's amazing. I mean, just because I also I have that teaching background, I think it's quite incredible what, what you've achieved and it's very valuable as well. And well, just thank you for for having the idea and doing it, yeah, basically. That's okay. So you obviously you set up the Yoga Mike group. Is this now you and your team? I'm not sure what team entails entirely. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I'd originally I was trying to, I was racking my brain before for a for a business name. <laughs> And a lot of children in the schools I was working in were calling me Yoga Mike. (laughs) And in the end, I just thought, you know what? It's simple and it works. And and actually, it's been great because, you know, I can phone a school and introduce myself as Yoga Mike and they know exactly who I am. There's no question. There's no explanation required. It's like, oh, it's Yoga Mike. And then I tweaked the name a little bit to the Yoga Mike group because then I started taking on staff. So there's, Mm -hmm. I've got two members of staff at the moment who are, delivering in schools like they're both fantastic obviously they're not delivering directly in schools at the moment but I've been doing some filming with one member of staff to give some online provision are you doing the filming yourself or yeah yeah so that that was a massive learning curve Mm -hmm. because there's so much to lighting and microphones and Tell me about it. Everything. It's it's so complex. But again, like there's a reason it's... I'm not filming this podcast episode right now. It's just like, okay, let's just do one thing at a time. Yeah. yeah. It, there's so much to it. But like any kind of business that you take on mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, you, you have to be expected, I guess, mm-hmm. to, especially in the early stages when you can't afford to pay someone to, to record yeah. it all for yeah. you. you exactly. You've got to do it yourself. So I had to just do a lot of homework and get mm-hmm. the right equipment and, mm-hmm. and, and do all the do all the filming myself right. and editing so so your other two staff members they're also yoga trained and they basically do the same as you so it's it's not like you've got an admin person and then you're the you like the yoga mic you're the only one doing the training if the others are they're basically just like yoga instructors as yeah well. that's okay. right yeah yeah they're, they're fully qualified mm-hmm. yoga teachers yeah. and the, there is definitely other um yoga organizations yeah. out there which take on teachers who might not be fully yoga trained mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted them to have that background but also yeah. it was important they had the background working with children because yeah. you want to convey that message properly. Yes you want to have the right um, attitude in, in the teaching as well. Yeah. So of course then you have your your group established or your team established and last year the pandemic hit and you did mention the filming. Now of course the, during the first lockdown all gyms were closed. Well, we're what into the third lockdown now. Gyms are closed again. Suspension of extracurricular activities in schools. There was a lot of uncertainty. Still is for fitness-related businesses such as yours. So, how did you react, and how did your business develop? Because I think any kind of crisis like what we experienced last year, if treated correctly, can be great for business development. So, mm-hmm. what did you do? So, when the pandemic first hit, I'm not going to pretend that I suddenly went, right, I'm going to adapt, this is going to be great. Yeah. I'm going to be realistic and say, mm-hmm. actually, it was quite a 
quite a dark time actually mm-hmm. when it first happened. I did the very thing that I probably shouldn't have done and that was bury my head in the sand and pretend it's all going to be fine. And because I think everyone else was in the same position, it was very easy to bury my head in the sand and say, well, I can't do anything because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Because I think so many other people were, were suffering in their own ways, yeah. it was very easy to just say, okay, well, there's nothing I can do kind of mm-hmm. thing. And that's what I did for a good couple of months. I kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong, practically it was, I couldn't deliver in schools anymore. Yeah. The schools had closed. Yeah. But I chose, at the time, if I'm honest, I chose to do nothing mm-hmm. because things had been so busy in the run-up to it everything had taken off everything was going great and then it just stopped and it was that sudden contrast of mm-hmm. I was I was flying high and I was working at this high energy pace and then everything just stopped suddenly mm-hmm. and I'll be honest like it really affected my own mental health as well I no one could have predicted what was going to happen mm-hmm. and I just felt like I'd worked so hard and I'd had this feeling that it had been taken away from me and because I'd worked so hard there was a bit of a little bit of bitterness at the time because I was like, well, I've worked hard for this. Why is this? Why is it so easy to be just stripped away from mm-hmm. me? It was it's such a fragile thing a business because you can't hold it in your hands, and that's that's always such a strange feeling because with a business it's just it's made up of you know networks and people and emails and you can't quite put it into one category. So mm-hmm. f- to have that taken away was was really strange. So the first couple of months was was tough. Mm-hmm. I really struggled myself and I didn't really see a way out at the time for about two or three months and and then there was summer which meant the schools were closed anyway mm-hmm. so no one was talking to me from that side of things and at the time I really didn't know where I was going to go with the business and mm-hmm. things do turn around it sounds all doom and gloom at the moment and I apologize for that but things obviously have t- started to turn around that period was tough. I didn't know what to do at the time and then I kind of moved on from there. Yeah. And what did you decide to do? So it was coming towards September and I knew I had to do something because schools were hopefully going to be going back. And at the time I'd kind of I'd lost quite a bit of business or the business was up in the air. There mm-hmm. was lots of different schools I was a part of, but I didn't know to what degree I was part of those schools anymore. Yeah. Schools had their own, they had so much going on. Sadly, you know, yoga and mindfulness provision was starting to get pushed lower down and there was this mm. pressure on schools to, they kept calling it closing the gap and catching children up with this. And, and I thought that's not going to do anything for their mental health. Wow. Like these children have really struggled over lockdown. Let's slam them with a ton of education and hope it works. Like I just... It's our solution to so many things, yeah. isn't it? Uh, and it was this desperation, you know, because we write on paper, don't we? At age eight, a child should be able to do this, mm-hmm. and at age nine, when really we should be thinking, actually, let's fix the foundations, and the rest will come. You know, the education sector doesn't doesn't have that trust. We we mm. we write figures and stats, and we follow them, yeah. which has its place at times. But obviously, that meant that anything holistic like yoga was just getting pushed to the bottom. So I ended up taking a job at a secondary school as a, as like a mentor role, which was really good oh, because it's right. what I enjoyed doing. It was like helping children mm-hmm. in a holistic way. 
I took that on and I kept the business running on the side. And what what it meant was, because we'd lost quite a few schools, I could still keep the other two staff working in them. And I wouldn't work in them. I'd I'd work in this job. Yes. Okay. For the foreseeable. Mm. So I did that for up until up until Christmas, really. Are you still working there, or no? You... Okay. So right. so basically, it was coming coming towards Christmas, and I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. what I was going to do and I think being out of the business made me realize how much I was missing it mm-hmm. and um your business becomes like like your baby almost you know because you nurture it you you know you, you don't want to give it up for you, anything do you, you, you don't mm-hmm. and I think at the time I'd I'd half given it up I think yeah. because because I was a little bit bitter about what had happened and I thought you know I've worked so hard and uh, but but then when I wasn't actually working in the business anymore I was really missing it and mm-hmm. I thought, well, I can't give up on it now. And if I go, I need to prove it to myself that even though we're in a really tough time, I can bring the business out of the other end. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at now is that pulling it out of the other oh, end. See. But yes. I'm kind of, I, I handed my notes in at, at this this school. There was nothing wrong with the school, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I could have easily got pulled back into that safety. Mm-hmm. I remember saying to my partner at the time, I said, you know, I'm kind of enjoying the routine. I could just get back into doing this. And yeah, I mean, it's there. The paycheck's there. Yeah. It's secure. It's a school, so it's not going to yeah. go away. It's it's going to be there. Yeah. So 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 that that side was there, but I'd lost I'd lost my real deep passion. Mm-hmm. I'd created this thing. I needed to get back to it and prove that I can yeah. I can get it back on its feet, and that's that's where I'm at now. Okay. Right, so I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the future. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've had a look at the website and it's such a great idea. And more than anything, like we need this in our lives. We, we can't be giving up on it on the, during the toughest, one of the toughest time in some people's entire lifetimes almost. So can you briefly just tell us what Yoga Mike TV is? Because I did see this and I just, I'm curious to know. Yeah, so... It was a little project I'd started sort of late twenty nineteen because I wanted I wanted to develop a bit of an online mm-hmm. presence. Mm-hmm. I think that that had stemmed from two things really. One, I really wanted to reach more children. Obviously when you deliver in schools, you can have a fantastic impact on that group of thirty children. Yeah. But big picture I really wanted to I wanted to reach as many children as possible. So the idea of, of Yoga Mike T V was so that I could I could reach people in other countries. You know, I mm-hmm. wanted people doing these stories and things that, that yeah. I was kind of doing. Um, so I'd started it, but then I got so busy with the delivery side at the mm-hmm. time that it didn't it didn't fully take off to the extent I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I dedicated more time to to delivering in schools, if you like. So that kind of yeah. went on the back burner, but it meant I had a little bank of resources. Yeah. Moving forward into this new year now in twenty twenty one, I've I've kind of I've realized the benefits of setting up something online, yeah. not just videos, but like resources and worksheets and things that children yeah. could do. And basically, as I'm moving into the new year, I'm, I'm starting to, to provide more and more resources for these schools. Mm-hmm. And schools are seeing them as a, a good alternative for the time being, but I want to also start promoting it beyond that. As, as I'm moving into this new year as well, I'm moving my branding to... Uh, a completely new brand because mm-hmm. basically 
I'm still going to always be Yoga Mike. I think that'll always be my <laughs> I think that's gonna stick. my nickname. But in terms of a business, it's becoming so much bigger than than me as a person, yeah. Yoga Mike. And yeah, so basically, it's there's going to be a rebrand coming, and all the online provision is going to go through that as I move on. And I'm really enjoying doing the filming and doing some other activities. And I think I'm learning to adapt because at the moment. I physically can't do any delivery in schools and I'm trying to obviously get staff on board with it as well which they're actually taking to it really well and mm. getting over those hurdles it's it you know it's it's crazy that you know me and and my team can deliver in front of 30 children but put a camera in front of you and like everything just falls apart it's weird <laughs> it's like you, you know there's tell no me one about there. it it's so it's so strange but, yeah. but we're overcoming those barriers okay. and you know I want moving forward. I want the business to to become big enough that it's 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 not just me mm-hmm. anymore. I want to I want to step out a little bit and and empower other people to yeah. to go and do this. That's that's the vision now. I don't think that was the vision to begin with. It was delivering as many schools as possible, but now it's becoming bigger. I want it to be how can I empower others to then inspire them to teach. Yes. Because that's the only way I'm going to reach, you know, thousands and thousands of yeah. children moving forward. So, so no, that's I the think, plan. Yeah. Big dreams. <laughs> no, I mean, you have to have them. And I think that's what kind of that will keep your motivation going and your positivity regardless of what happens. Yeah, thank you. Scene three, yoga for all. So your vision, your first vision and this new vision that kind of like just started developing out of everything that's happened is still rooted in the transformational power of yoga and that's why you promote the idea of yoga for all so regardless of age uh, where you're at with fitness anybody can take it up what are the benefits of yoga the benefits of yoga are huge and that's that's why i've i love yoga so much because people from all different walks of life can can find a benefit that really motivates them I mean, I think on the on the surface of it, and this is what initially got me into yoga, it was the physical benefits to begin with. And I was always into my fitness and doing lots of other activities. And yoga in itself really took my fitness to a, a whole different level. And I used the physical benefits first and foremost to start approaching people that might be on the fence about yoga or maybe just thought it was airy-fairy, a bit fluffy. Mm-hmm. And... I did that by, for example, I approached an American football team uh, in up in Chesley Street yeah. and I said, look, can I do a, a yoga session with with your lads? And I made this really tough Ashtanga sequence mm-hmm. for them because I wanted to I wanted to get them on board. I think you have to use techniques to get, you know, you, I couldn't just go in and start meditating with them and expect them to then go away and enjoy yoga. Mm-hmm. And my goal wasn't to go in and show them this is the whole package of yoga. It was like, this is a bit of yoga to inspire them so that then they go off and develop their own. So I still know people from that American football team who've taken yoga up since and they've said it's helped their game massively. Mm -hmm. So physical benefits was huge. The mental health benefits are massive as well with yoga and the mindfulness of doing yoga and meditation Mm -hmm. that kind of comes with the package. I've recently been coordinating a, a men's mental health project okay. and that's been put on hold for the time being, but hopefully, you know, in the coming months we can get
get that going again. And that was really helping a lot of adults in the area. And I did it as a the yoga for all quote that I like mm-hmm. to use is because I, I want to approach everyday people. And it was everyday people coming to me. And all I did was at the end of each session, we'd just have like, I'd put coffees out and we'd just sit and, and kind of like hang out for half an hour i said can we go i said to the the funders for this project i said can we just go to the pub but they didn't quite agree with that i thought that would have been cool but we just sat and we chatted and as time went on you know more and more blokes were coming forward and saying you know actually i'm having these issues or these struggles and it became a real nice community kind of network group if you like um so so yeah so moving forward the mental health benefits i think are absolutely huge and they're certainly not there to fix things, but I think they can start putting you on a path, a trajectory to kind of start improving your life, whether yeah. you're really struggling or if you're just in a position where you you want to feel happy, you want to feel more energy mm-hmm. and feel better in yourself. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I'm just remembering now, there was a gin tasting and yoga session. That was actually <laughs> such a brilliant idea. I think you only did it once, but that's one of the pl- uh, places where... Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to experience your yoga teaching and yeah, it was a lot of fun, by the way. <laughs> Good. So we are entering, well, we constantly enter new periods in our lives. It's not just the end of the year and the start of a new year. And then we, we do tend to set new goals. When we do set these goals, our attitude, of course, is essential, as I mentioned in the introduction. Because if we don't have the right attitude, the likelihood of succeeding is very little so sometimes and this is also going back to your blog article on the smart goals if our goals are just too specific and too measured we perhaps put unnecessary pressure on ourselves and we lose sight of the reason that we've set the goal in the first place and therefore we just lose motivation as a result and now we're getting back to that word a crazier where it just becomes like mm-hmm. once again ex- an excuse it kind of fosters this weakness of will, if you like. So now we've heard that early moment of a crazier that you experienced. Throughout all the stuff that happened, I mean, the amazing development of the business, obviously the going through incredibly tough time the with COVID-19 and so on, and the lockdowns. Can you describe a recent moment of a crazier in your life? And just in general, some advice on what is the best way to go about setting goals so that we can actually achieve them. Yeah, certainly. So the blog article that I wrote kind of came from a realisation, if you like. I've always been very goal-orientated and and I think there's definitely a place for goals because it kind of keeps you on track with things. But if I take it right back to to the table tennis days, Mm -hmm. and I think... I thought back then and I thought, well, why did I why did I become so good? What kind of motivated me to keep going with it? Yeah. It's because I set my, what I kind of called my facilitation goals, like mm-hmm. everything around me fit nicely. So, for example, the environment was right. I had some good friends around me that were going, which motivated me. My parents and my friend's parents had a good setup where each other week they'd take us so so it was all always easy and things like that mm-hmm. and that everything was set up so that it would work and I think by having that I didn't fork I didn't go in thinking I'm gonna go to a, a national championship table tennis thing mm-hmm. I just I'd put all these right goals in place and and then that created this consistency this mm-hmm. habit and I think 
more recently I've I've tried to do that in my own life uh, with the gym for example so we, you know I think we sit down in the new year and we write down right I'm going to go five times a week Monday I'm going to do this Tuesday I'm going to do this Wednesday I'm going to do this and that's how I kind of used to do things as well mm-hmm. and we, we do get a, a nice warm feeling from writing all these goals down and I think it's good to keep you on track but if it's too specific life gets in the way and then what happens is we beat ourselves up when we don't yeah. uh, achieve that Wednesday ab workout which we'd planned at 12 o'clock you know yeah. and so so what I said to myself was well how can I I'd read this book recently called Atomic Habits which was an awesome book and it was all about like uh, how you would make the goal attractive and make it easy Mm -hmm. so instead of focusing so much on what you're going to do focus on like how it's going to be easy to do you know for example you know if you leave a a bowl of sweets next to the tv you're probably going to grab them so move them out the way make it difficult (laughs) but in the in the other sense with the gym make it easy so for me I was coming to this office every day and I was driving past the gym. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that I packed my gym stuff on a night. I put it in front of the door. So literally, the biggest thing I'll say is, you know, don't don't trust future you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that somewhere, like, say if you go to the gym on a Tuesday, Tuesday morning, Monday night you is, is well up for it, but Tuesday morning you probably doesn't want to do it. So make it really easy so that you don't have to overthink it you know get everything laid out and ready to just take and go and my focus was less on what I was going to do in the gym my focus was just getting to the gym and what I found was you know I've got a background in fitness I know how to work out when I got there it just happened because I was there I created the environment of time and it's very rare I would go to the gym and well you never go to the gym and then turn around and walk back out if you're in there you're going to do something so it's a bit of a attitude change and maybe something that isn't promoted massively, you know, and I read a lot of kind of self-help and development books mm-hmm. and some of them are very much write a goal, stick to it. This is what you need to do. But I've kind of turned it on its head a bit and I don't know if it'll work for other people, but for me, it's just about creating the right space and then trusting that the rest will kind of come as long yeah. as you've set everything up correctly. It's amazing how just getting your stuff ready for the next day so I'm I run regularly just putting out my running clothes for that next morning it changes it from me not going to me going basically so it's amazing yeah and then now looking back at what you have achieved so far and what you are experiencing currently what do you foresee for yoga in the future and for yourself in particular so I think moving forward to the future, there's, there's, there was kind of a, a transitional period where I become torn between am I a yoga teacher or am I an entrepreneur? And it was a bit of an identity crisis mm-hmm. because, you know, sometimes the philosophies of yoga collide with business, you know, because you, you've got to make certain decisions that It'll be in the interest of the business, but they might not be very yogury, if that makes okay. sense. For example, if school numbers are going down, for example, and you haven't got as much business, mm-hmm. but then you've got someone who's working for you who's, you know, doing really well and things like that, and you know, you might have to cut their hours, for example, mm-hmm. because that is a benefit to the business. It doesn't feel very 
your agree because you want to build a really good relationship with this person and you know it's yeah. going to affect them in a negative way yeah. but you've got to remember it's not it's not you personally doing it you know it's you've got to make decisions on behalf of the business mm-hmm. and I think where it sometimes collides as well is I think we all get attracted and enticed by money mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily a yoga kind of vibe really no. because but I think ultimately it's it's about being comfortable and I've spoke to loads of yoga teachers who, you know, really undercharge for what they offer because they say, well, I just want to help people and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, yeah, but if you, I've had to get in that mindset of if you want to keep doing what you love, like, unfortunately, money does make the world go around. And if you want to keep, I want to do yoga full time, so I need to charge for that so I can live mm-hmm. comfortably and I think that's where there's sometimes a bit of a, a clash. People think, well, because it's yoga and because it's holistic and I'm doing this right thing that I shouldn't charge much for it. But mm-hmm. if you're bringing real value to people's lives, then you've, you've got to put your business hat on sometimes as well. Yeah. So It goes two ways. You can't do something that you're really passionate about and undercharge and then basically not be able to do it anymore yeah. <laughs> in a sense because you have to get another job so rather have a reasonable price or something that you can get by on and then that way you can have a sustainable business as well as living out your passion yeah so one specific thing for yourself in the future that you see is it just well actually i have no idea you tell us yeah so <laughs> i was going to tell you what you see, for see for yourself. <laughs> please do please tell me <laughs> not that good um no i think Moving forward into the future, it's there's going to be a lot more kind of developing the business as, as a whole now. Mm-hmm. I think, like I, like I was mentioning earlier, that, that little identity crisis yeah. of yoga teacher versus entrepreneur. Like, I'll always be Yoga Mike, but I see myself as more of an entrepreneur now because it kind of it makes sense in the long run if if my goal is to reach as many people as possible i need to come to terms with the fact that mm-hmm. me as a person yoga might i can't do that and so moving forward it's going to be about me stepping back a little bit more and and kind of it's a whole new skill but kind of i need to learn how to inspire other people to be able to do what i do and ultimately it feels weird to say this out loud but i want to inspire people to be, to who are working with me to become better than me Mm -hmm. at that specific thing I want them to go into schools and be better you know and it was a hard pill to swallow because I remember a school ringing me and they gave some feedback on one of the members of staff and she's she's incredible and they said oh I just want to let you know she was amazing she's great with the Mm -hmm. children um we want you back next half term can we have her and I was like oh yeah, but then I, I sat and I thought about it and I thought, well, isn't that the ultimate goal, yeah. really? If I want to run a successful business, I need people to be better than me. You know, you mm-hmm. think of, you know, the big successful companies out there, like like Apple, for example, you know, Steve Jobs isn't wasn't making the, the phones. It was these incredible engineers with, you know, incredible technical ability mm-hmm. that were doing it. He was just the inspiration to get people yeah. on board. And, and that, I'm not saying I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs. <laughs> as lovely as that would be but but I want to follow a similar suit and that's the route I want to go down I want to inspire people to to do what I loved so Mm -hmm. that we can reach even more people and and obviously through the online platform as well the the sky's the limit great this was amazing and I think the point there also is that 
it's also your ability to spot the talent and then be able to inspire that talent to develop. Yeah. Definitely. Great. Thank you for joining me, Mike. This was, like I said, really, really interesting. I learned a lot. And where can people now find out more about currently still Yoga Mike, your online platforms and anything else you've got to offer? Yeah. So, so there's a few different projects going on at the moment. I'll go through a couple of the projects I'm doing and then you can always contact me really easily to find out a little bit more. So the Men's Mental Health Project, which will be starting again hopefully next month or March at the latest, that's running in Teesside at a few different venues. It's completely free of charge for men to come to it for a six-week period and I really encourage anyone to get involved with that. You can go on my website at yogamike.co.uk or you can just email me at info at yogamike.co.uk and I can get you booked on to that. That would be great. It's it's all beginners-based sessions for people who've maybe never done yoga before. It's light-hearted, it's fun, it's not too serious. So, so there's no panic there. The online stuff, which I'm currently in the process of moving across to the new branding. Mm-hmm. Um, the site is up and running, so you can start having a look at some of the videos. So if there's any children at home at the moment and you you want them to do some yoga videos and stories you can go on um wellbekids.com so it's wellbekids.com you can go on there and um there's some videos there's some resources you can print out the site's not fully finished yet but it's definitely up to a level where you could you could check things out on there okay thank you for sharing all of those details you've got a lot to offer and i will include all of the links in the show notes now, before we go, my favorite questions. These are quick fire questions, but feel free to elaborate as much as you like. What is the most recent film series you watched, podcast you listened to, or book you read? So the most recent podcast I listened to was a podcast by Jay Shetty. Really cool podcast, actually. And the most recent one I listened to was he interviewed Matthew McConaughey. And I ah, found okay. loads out about his his background and the charity work he does and he's yeah. actually like a really cool spiritual guy and yeah i, I really enjoyed that yeah so okay that was, that it's kind of reasons. ironic yeah because i um listened to a podcast by lewis house the school of greatness i don't know if you know it uh-huh. also with matthew mcconaughey so yeah. <laughs> he seems to be popular at the yeah. moment what important truth do very few people agree with you on possibly kind of what what I'd discussed before about goal setting and things like that, because I've discussed that with uh, with a number of people, and I think for me, like I've moved away from very specific goal setting, mm-hmm. despite the fact that a lot of people would say otherwise. That's setting a really specific goal is important, whereas I've kind of gone against the grain a little bit mm-hmm. on that one. So maybe that's, that's you should fun. keep an eye out for my blog post on death to new year's resolutions oh excellent <laughs> it's oh, on exactly this topic so i yeah. agree with you there excellent what's the biggest challenge you have overcome in your life biggest challenge i've probably overcome and i haven't mentioned this at all yet on this on this interview but in 2009 i got diagnosed with diabetes oh, uh, okay. that, that was a real shock yeah. to the system uh i think more so it attacked my values as a because I, I always saw myself as this fit and healthy individual and that really attacked my own identity. Mm-hmm. So it was coming to terms with that, mm-hmm. despite the fact I rebelled against it at first and ignored all the advice. You know, 
I've come to terms with it now. It's well managed and it's it's just part of who I am and I've come to accept it. But overcoming that was was a huge barrier because I think in my head I thought it was gonna it was gonna kind of stop everything that I wanted to do, but I yeah. clearly haven't let it stop me. So that no. was probably the biggest one. Yeah. Great, thank you for sharing that. Okay, so your favourite travel destination and why? So favourite travel destination I think it was about five years ago I went to Budapest and it was beautiful. I absolutely loved mm-hmm. it. There was just there was just something about it that just kind of drew me in. Uh, I loved the fact that on each side of the river there was this big contrast. You kind mm-hmm. of had the really traditional side and then on the other side it was this kind of bustling, kind of quite quite high level technology city and you could just cross over the bridge and then you were in almost like what felt like a different different city so you kind of got the best of both worlds mm-hmm. um it's just it's just a beautiful place just it had this lovely calming atmosphere but this hustle and bustle if you went to the other side i'd love to go back there that's one place i kind of fell in love with quite quickly i mean i'd love to go to hungary as well i actually went there but to a very tiny <laughs> tiny town unremarkable and that was for a competition that's why i went uh-huh. there in case you were wondering why <laughs> And now, just the last question, what advice would you give to someone wishing to start a career as a yoga instructor? I think, first and foremost, it's important to say that teaching yoga is kind of emotionally quite tiring, quite Mm -hmm. exhausting. Um, When I first started my career path as a a yoga teacher, uh, I was at one point teaching about 12 or 13 classes a week. I was becoming really mentally drained from it because I was trying to give so much energy and mm-hmm. you know make these classes as best as possible and and what what seemed to happen was my own practice was starting to wane a little bit because um because I was given so much so I think it's a case of you know when you get into it just just take your time with it don't try and take on too many classes you know because people think 13 classes oh that's only 13 hours but but actually it's it's super tiring that's like felt harder than a full-time job mm-hmm. doing that so I think it's a case of just being realistic obviously doing the best you can but maybe go for quality rather than try to deliver loads at once and also don't be afraid to diversify as well because I know a lot of yoga teachers who have have tried to make a career of yoga just purely through delivering sessions and it works for a year or two and then they become burnt out. I know lots of people who've burnt themselves out from doing too much. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by diversify is looking at other avenues that still fit with your values as a yoga teacher, like other outlets, you know, whether that be creating some online content, some blog content, or, you know, even selling different products that are in line with your values. Mm-hmm. So look at look at yoga as, as it is, a, you know, a holistic approach. How can you, if you really want to make a career of it, if not, you might want to just do it on the side as a teaching, you know, a few classes a week. And that's great as well. Okay. Thank you once again for joining me and for the great advice and some of the amazing insights that you've shared today. No problem. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this narrative journey, please subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on all major platforms. You can also leave us a rating and review on Apple as we love to hear your feedback. It helps more people find this show and helps us share these amazing stories of difficult roads and beautiful destinations in business and art. Stories that could make a small difference in someone else's life. 
Join me next time for more narrative journeys into creative business ideas.